0: Hello again and welcome or welcome back to another episode of Shallow Thoughts and Deep Shit. I'm Jefferson Lambert and I'll be your host for this atrocity as I journey through the mind of a serial misanthrope. If you want you could rate the show, subscribe, and follow and you could also follow me on X, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook and check out the website at www.shallowthoughtsanddeepshit.com. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started, shall we? father's 1960 Volkswagen. Back in the 1970s, when I was just a young boy, my family had a car that will forever remain in my memory. It was a dark blue 1960 Volkswagen Beetle. I thought that little car was the best car that anyone could have. I was just a kid back then, but I have a lot of fond memories of that car and of the places that it took us. To me that car was unusual because I had never seen a car with an engine in the back of the car and the trunk in the front. The engine was tucked neatly and safely in the back where the trunk should have been and the spare tire was in the front. The front trunk was a strange little compartment that housed of all things the spare tire which had a neat little slot for it near the front bumper. The tire jack was there and the small white container which housed the windshield washing fluid. When the trunk was open, The car resembled a big blue whale with its mouth wide open as if it were swallowing a school of small fish. Inside the car was small but cozy. There was no dashboard to speak of, just a tiny two-inch ledge where the windshield gave way to the instruments on the dashboard. On either side of the ledge were slits which were the vents for the heat. I used to stick my tiny fingers into the slits and keep them warm in the wintertime. Not that back then there was anything wrong with a small child traveling in a car in the front seat. The interior was white and the ceiling was full of tiny pinholes for ventilation and if I looked at them long enough, the patterns would mesmerize me. There was a sunroof which was opened and closed by a small white crank handle that tucked away in its own spot on the roof. The car was a four-speed with a skinny little stick shift with a brown knob and a gear pattern imprinted on the top. The seats were white and the carpeting was dark gray. On the floor of the car, running from the front between the seats to the back seats, was a hump, which back in those days I had no idea what it was. Today I know it was just the transmission. The back seat was a small bench seat where my older brother and I sat when he came somewhere with us. Below the bench seat on either side were two holes which provided us with much needed heat during the cold winter months. And between the back seat and the rear window was my little cubby hole. It was a small storage space that only I, the youngest member of my family, could fit. I could squeeze my tiny 45-pound frame in there and just ride, feeling the engine vibrate beneath my body. I imagine my brother probably loved me to be in my cubbyhole because then he could stretch out in the back seat and have it all to himself. But the cubbyhole was not my favorite feature of the fine metallic piece of german engineering no my favorite feature of the car was only reserved for the time when my father and i drove somewhere alone in the passenger seat right above the glove compartment was a handlebar it was white and u-shaped and it was attached to the dark blue interior like rungs on a ladder when i rode shotgun with my dad i used to hold that handlebar with both hands and pretend that i was the one driving the car The handlebar was my very own personal steering wheel. I would copy my dad's every move and steer with the handlebar as we drove uninhibitedly down the road. I would put my feet up on the firewall and the floor and shift gears with my imaginary clutch and brake with my imaginary brake lever. When I rode shotgun, I was the one guiding the Beetle to our destination. I would grip that handlebar until my knuckles turned white and live out my own personal fantasy. It's funny how small things in life can make a small boy so happy. And driving down the road with my father in that car was one of the things that made me so very happy back then. I would be the driver, the pilot, the engineer. I was in control, and I had not a care in the world. Life was grand back then. That car piloted us through many trips back in the day. That's the car that picked up our dog Tyrant, the Doberman puppy that would be the fifth member of our family until he died 11 years later in my bed. On the way home, with the dog with the funny white tape on his ears, we had to pull over and let him throw up on the side of the road. My mother held him outside the passenger door of the Beetle as he got carsick for the first time. The car used to take us to the racetrack over in Middletown every Saturday night during the summer months. My father, brother, and I would all bid my mom farewell and make the 45-minute trip to watch the races. On the way home, I would curl up on the floor between my father's seat and the back bench and feel the warmth of the heat tunneling out of the circular heat vents as I let the steady hum of the motor put me to sleep. When we got home, we'd be filthy from the hard clay of the racetrack, and I'd be put to bed with dreams of becoming a race car driver when I got older. That little Volkswagen took us home from my grandma's house one snowy Christmas Eve. To this day, I still haven't experienced a Christmas Eve so stimulating and wonderful. We drove down Route 376 with the wipers going lickety-split as snowflakes the size of half dollars fell from the smoky gray sky. The hole in the back was filled with two bags full of presents for my brother and me. My mother would be in the passenger seat telling my father to slow down, and stay in the center of the road while I'll bet he was imagining himself doing zigzags and donuts down the empty, icy road. Driving the Volkswagen at night was a treat for me, because when I was that young, I would watch the moon through the side window as we drove through Hope Hall Junction on our way home from somewhere. The moon was a big mystery to me back then, as I always wondered why the damn thing was following us. No matter how fast we went, or which turn we took, it would always be there following us, guiding us safely home to our house on Route 52. I would watch it out the back window as trees and power lines whizzed by us at lightning speed. When we got to a clearing in the road, there it would be, still tooling along alongside us. It would pop back into my window as if to say, Here I am. I won't let you down. Even the inspiration for me to sit and write this memory was inspired by my wife's daughter when we drove down the road the other night and she sat in her car in in the back and shouted, Look at the moon, Mom! It's following us! And then she giggled as she watched the pale sphere in the sky and it did for her what it used to do for me when I was her age. One time when my father and I were alone in the car driving down Old Hopo Road, we came upon a state trooper's roadblock. They were checking inspections at the block, and I remember my dad reaching over and fumbling through the glove box as we approached the trooper in the middle of the road. I can't remember much about the conversation they had, but before we knew it, we had to pull over on the side of the road because something was wrong. The trooper walked around the entire car and was looking at the stickers on the windshield and the tires and such. The only thing I remember is the ticket for having bald tires. This, I must say, perplexed me. I had no idea what a bald tire was, and after we left the roadblock, my father really didn't feel like elaborating. I, for some reason or another, thought that the camber was off on the tires, and we were riding down the road in a crooked jalopy. Go figure. Another time, I remember we had all just got home one Saturday afternoon, and as we piled out of the car, my father shut the door on my fingers, I screamed out loud and cried for what seemed like hours afterwards. Now that I think about it, I probably did cry for hours afterwards. I know it was an accident, but that incident was probably one of the worst memories of my father's 1960 Volkswagen. Take the bad with the good, right? Another time, I actually got to drive the car in the Caldor parking lot. I sat on my father's lap and he let me steer around the lot at a paltry 8 miles an hour. A small thing but it made me smile just the same. When I was about eight, we moved to a new house in a new town. The old Volkswagen came with us too. My folks bought a house with 18 acres and we had trails forged through the woods by a bulldozer. Those trails doubled as my father's personal road course for the old VW. When the car got too rusted and old to drive on the road, it was time to retire it to just being a work car for the property. My dad pulled the wheel wells and the doors off and painted the car green with yellow trim. The old family car became a dune buggy, which we drove around out back with sheer delight. I loved to drive around the backyard at speeds well over 30 miles an hour, hitting turns and berms like we were off-road junkies getting a fix. Sometimes I would ride on the roof holding onto the sides of the car as twigs and bugs brushed my face and embedded in my teeth. I think the tires were bald then too, but this time there were no state troopers to pull us over and write a ticket. In the backyard, there was no speed limit, no pedestrians, and no lines to follow. We drove around the property on our terms, and no one was there to regulate our fun. It was truly a magical time, a magical car, and most of all, a magical family that rode the dreams of our imagination and milked them for all they were worth. The old family car will always be with me. Today, the car is still in that backyard that we left behind so many years ago. It's now 12 feet deep, buried in the backyard by a bulldozer, along with another VW and garbage and furniture. Although the new owners of our old house probably don't know it's even there, I can still find my way to the spot where the family car is buried. Underneath the leaves and earth, I can stand and remember that magical car that took us around through so many towns and so many miles and so many magic journeys. The car reminds me of days gone by when our family was young and ignorant to the future, future of our different lives. Those are the days that will never return, but will always be a part of me. The car may be buried and gone, but the memories and the happiness that it brought to us will forever remain part of our lives.